Welcome to Filling Pieces Summer School. I'm your host, Constantine. I'm one of the co-founders of Full Circle, and I'm also part of the marketing team here at Filling Pieces. And today we're going to learn about the rise of 3D in fashion. Why? Because fashion is evolving. A new generation of designers, brands, and digital natives are at the helm of a movement that is changing the way our industry operates. And we're excited to have some of these innovators here with us today. Uh, so welcome, everyone. Thank you. Um, I think the best thing to do is to just do a little round of introductions. Just let us know who you are, uh, what companies you own or work for, uh, and what you do on a on the day to day. Okay, I'll start. Yeah. Um, I'm Sophia. I'm a digital fashion designer at The Fabricant. Well, I'm Bora. Uh, run a company called Pybora, textile innovation company, where we actually uh, create a platform for creators to make their own textiles. And uh, while doing that, we created a tool to uh, to make that sort of, sort of Photoshop for, for textile. Oh, nice. Cool. Uh, my name is Wietse. I'm a digital designer. I design for Full Circle, also co-founder of Full Circle. I teach digital product development at Amfi, and I do some digital freelance work as well. Nice. Yeah, it sounds like we have a very like wide range of how 3D can be applied. I mean, uh, the Fabricant is a digital only uh, yep. fashion house. You're more on the, you know, uh, production side of things and you design also, uh, design digitally, but for physical. Yeah, so. always a, a physical as outcome. Okay, nice. Yeah, that's cool. Um, I think we'll just dive right into the questions. Um, yeah, I mean, 3D is a broad topic and has many applications. So could you explain, each of you guys, a little bit about what role it plays in your day-to-day -day and how you apply it you know, in your job? Um, well, for me, it started during my studies. I used to design everything straight from drawings and then go right into pattern drawing, physically. But then I did a hypercraft. Uh, hypercraft, that's a minor at Amphi, where you learned to design digitally. And this actually gave me much more freedom but it still always had a physical product as an outcome. So I design very constructive-wise and I have way more freedom to uh, play around with patterns and textiles really quick instead of having to sew a whole garment uh, every time. So that's basically how I use it. Nice. And you, uh, Potter? Well, I think, well, yeah, the, de the definition of 3D is mm. sort of from also coming here is, is sort of the question how we're approaching it because it's of course a three-dimensional shape. Well, from thinking about what we do in textile or in clothing, it's it's what we wear, and of course we created a three-dimensional shape also digital. So in my my day-to-day, -day, I I actually create a medium of, of textile where people can create 3D shapes in. So I think there's a, um, the outcome is, is, is the product. Um, and the interesting phase is now how do, have we made the product and how is that changing? How is the making, and what you said also, how is the making digitally sort of first creating sort of the 3D shapes and then translating it back into textile. So there's a lot mm -hmm. of elements and, and, that, and that's why I find it interesting to be in the panel mm -hmm. also because I think both of you have a total different angle on 3D. Mm -hmm. um, where I think it's also, are we talking about 3D or the digitalization 
of fashion mm -hmm. because that for me is maybe even more interesting than just 3D. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a very old world that has been the same since... Um, well, actually, like when a sort of um, the digital, of like the, the, the industrial revolution made a sort of machines and started to, to make textile production scalable, it actually stayed the same until it changed to fast fashion, where it really changed what it meant for us and how, what skill it was made. And now it's changing into, into the digital world. So it's, it's a few, few steps that I find super interesting, but from the making aspect, yeah, digitalization is massively important and interesting, mm -hmm. I think. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely a transition happening and you guys are kind of at the forefront and pushing that innovation. I know that the fabricant, for example, is a, yeah, it's a digital only. You guys don't mm -hmm. do anything with physical garments. So how is that for you when you work in an industry where, yeah, the main product or the main goal is to sell physical product most of the time? Yeah, it's quite hard because I feel like, especially like people not in like the fashion industry, they like look at us and think like, what are you talking about? Like, if I have to like explain to people what my job is, like I, the first question is like, sorry, what are you saying? You're a digital fashion designer? Like they just don't get it. Mm -hmm. So it's quite hard. It's like a very, like a switch of mindset, I feel like. Um, and I feel like at the fabricants, like we try to involve like clients. So we do, um, we work with like quite large fashion companies and try to yeah, get them involved in like this whole digitalization of the fashion industry. But even there you see it's like hard. Like they don't really know what to expect with like 3D, what's possible. So you really have to educate them while you're working together with them. So yeah, it's sometimes a bit of a challenge, but super interesting, yeah. And do you feel like the younger generation that you know has a lot more, say connection to the video game world, for example, they're a lot easier in taking up that idea of digital fashion or? I think so, yeah. I think like our generation is like more used to having things digitally and like they grew up with like technology. <laughs> As for like my parents' generation or something, they're just like, I don't really get it. Mm -hmm. well, a lot of people don't see the, the use of it yet. Because yeah. if you're not into gaming or you're not in, yeah, in Fortnite or in, in a sort of, well, metaverse or like in a space, it doesn't really mean anything to you, a digital clothing piece, no. because there's no like sort of feel. But I think there for, for a lot of, and for a lot of brands, it is very scary because all the people working there have set jobs mm -hmm. where you're saying like, well, if you digitalize it, you can just skip this and this and this step. And a lot of those steps are, are sort of people's mm -hmm. jobs. Yeah. So I think yeah. it's, an, it's a very interesting uh, conversation because I don't believe that it's skipping those steps is just changing them or making them um, less impactful on environment or, or quicker. Yeah. Or, mm -hmm. That, that's actually a very good segue into the next question I had. Um, like, to put things into perspective, how has uh, 3D changed the way that you work or that, you know, you, 
things are done in your particular field when compared to you know the past for example the more manual way of doing things uh, just you know for people who might not know those skip, the steps that you just said could be skipped well, I, I think personally well 3d actually when people come to our studio of to our company and they know get introduced to our textiles actually the first thing that they link to 3d is that we we made a lot of three-dimensional textiles double layer textiles with filling in between that actually have shape so as a textile it was different than anything on the market so that is the first thing that people link to us it's like oh 3d oh you make 3d textiles right and in a sense that is right but it's not like 3d printing mm. so it's mm. it it is that was why i what does 3d mean yeah <laughs> sort of because then they're like oh do you make 3d knitting knitted garments and we do that too and that's actually making a garment on one machine and it comes totally from the machine and it's finished but also there that is a whole different angle to making a, a garment and you have to like design it actually flat and then you have 3d modeling where a sort of you're creating the garment in the computer you're looking at it if it's nice but then you're deconstructing it in the computer, making f patterns out of it again, okay. and translating that to textile, and that we do too. So, <laughs> so, so, it's so there's like 3D digital <coughs> and 3D physical in a way. I mean, for your application. Anyway. Yeah, and and a, a 3D structure and a 3D shape. So that was a, a, that's also where where it's an an an, in, an interesting sort of yeah, sort of what there's so much that can have that stamp. But I think, like, especially sitting here, it's, it's very much what does sort of digitalization of, of, of um, fashion on the one hand, so aesthetical fashion, so going cr crazy because you can do things in the computer that you could not do in real, but also the, like going towards the production. Mm -hmm. How can digitalization actually change the production, change the amount of steps we have to make? And that's, well, I would say that's the most crucial thing to do because we cannot produce like we're producing. We cannot keep on making like we're making. Mm -hmm. it's, yeah. it's just, it, it stops. There's yeah. not enough resources. Yeah. How does that like impact your workflow from how you yeah, well, learned it in the beginning versus how you approach design? Well, how I learned now? it in the beginning, of course, was with, uh, especially in communicating with factories, was mainly through uh, technical, technical drawings and everything. And now actually, the designing process happens before the whole product goes to the factory. So I design everything. Uh, from that, you create a digital pack. You send the patterns and everything to the factories, but there's still a lack of communication because lately we've been visiting Portugal and we've been asking like, how do you treat the digital patterns and everything? And it turns out that they still um, have their own pattern drawer because they, know, they don't know exactly how to translate those digital patterns back to real patterns. And as well as shrinkage, for example, if you make a garment and uh, it has to be garment dyed afterwards, then the pattern drawer there has sti still has to make the pattern himself because he has to add the shrinkage and all that kind of stuff. So there are still like a lot of steps missing in the factory to really start designing digitally and like skip those steps. Okay, so you guys definitely still feel that disconnect when you work with bigger companies. Like, I know it's probably when you're working with you know, a multinational, um, still very 
yeah, traditional structure of working. Like, what are some of the challenges that you face when you're working with those brands? Yeah, like what I said earlier, it's more the mindset um, that they've had like these product development processes for years. And it's very hard to switch to like this digital only and never physical um, way of working because they know like what Bora also said, like they have like their own paths of what to do and they're scared maybe to lose their job because like they think like this is what we always did. So it's really that mindset of like, I know how it works like this and it works pretty well. So why should I switch? It hasn't been the case where a client has just said like, okay, we're just going to do it your way. Like your dream of I mean, no, not completely, because um, we work quite a lot with Under Armour, for example, and they switch, like they have like capsule collections that they do with us, for example, um, and we help them with the product development process, but they're always still samples. So they do some steps in digital, like digital only, but then, yeah, they still need that, that sample. So I think to skip that step for like these huge companies is, yeah, it's just not easy because they're very used to having. We like still have a couple of years to go then, probably. Oh, yeah, it's also because also talking to the production manager from the factory Uber, the difficult thing for them, they're really eager to learn uh, digital design and learn how it works and to implement it in the company. But there are currently so many different programs as well to create digital fashion. There's Lectra Motoris, there's, um, uh, Marvelous designer, there's Chloe, there's Browseware. So for them to pick and choose one, always, like you have multiple clients, so you always have some clients that use different tools. So it's also a really difficult thing. Okay, yeah. nice. Um, yeah, I, I'm sure there's some people that, like coming more from the traditional side of fashion, would say that, yeah, 3D is just, it's a trend. It's going to fade. Uh, well, well, what would you say to that? For, <laughs> Well, it, it, well, yeah, the telephone was a trend too, the mobile phone. Mm. So I, I think we didn't skip that one either. So, but in, in, in general, like I think any, there's so many big, um, well, I do think we're coming back a little bit from digitalization and disruption is always good because disruption in a lot of ways, how, how digitalization just disrupt market, they, they, a lot of things broke that were not necessarily needed to be broken. But I think looking at, at fashion, the digitalization is necessary just to, to change what is happening, not because um, we want to change, but just because we have to. It's, it's stopping, the, the resources are just running out. Yeah. So at a certain point, we're also starting to re like realize like how are we consuming? What are we using? Why are we using so much? And if you look at how the industry is built, it's, it, it got like catapulted into the air while well, fast fashion is so, making so much that the industry had to deliver and it created a lot of silos. Well, the silos pushed like steps from yarns to textiles, from textile to, to creators, from creators to brands, and they just pushed everything out. And every half year, they just pushed something new, and you had to use what was on the market. So it actually made that loop even worse because, yeah, well, if you used what was coming, somebody else could use it too. Mm -hmm. So identity got lost. 
totally. And that's why everything looks alike, just has a different logo on it. So I think at a certain point, now we're saying like, whoa, there is too much in this world. So how, how can we stop that? So you see a lot of counter movements on, oh, well, we have to do what we're doing better. Mm -hmm. But that's almost impossible. So I think digitalization is not how can we do it better? It's like, how can we just switch it up? What, is, what do we really need? What do we really want? And, and I think and what we are seeing, because we work for a lot of very big companies, is that I think the creators are the gatekeepers of, of a sort of answering those questions, or at least they get the questions. They have to design the product, they can make the choices of what materials, they can tell the story about it, but they can also ask, how many do we really have to make? And I think their digitalization helps a lot because suddenly everything can become transparent. And that's something that in the digital world and in the software world is very normal, like open source, or like if everybody is helping, it's growing more fast. Nothing in the fashion industry is open source. Mm -hmm. Nothing is transparent. I've been in this industry for 15 years, like working for the biggest brands in the world. And only after so many years, you get access. And people are like, well, now you can, or now you do enough things, or your productions are big enough, so you get access. And that's something where I think it's just plain, well, plain bullshit, actually. Why should students waste and do bad things for 10 years until they get access? So, and digitalization can really open that up and create a platform. So one of the things that we're doing is literally just showing all our suppliers, all our yarn suppliers, all our factories, all, and we created a tool to use um, software that we created to design and to make it possible that you don't have to understand all the machines, but you can design. So just make bridges and their digitalization will really cancel out a lot of waste, will cancel out extra samples, will cancel out. So I think it, it, is, it, it is not about making it better, but it's like literally changing it up for the better. That's super interesting. There's also a company from, uh, I know I think it's Sweden, it's in Stockholm that creates, I forgot the name, but that, that creates the patterns, sells the patterns and the customers are able to like make it themselves. It's also quite cool. It's kind of the same thing mm -hmm. as you said right now. So it's what? like democratizing. Yeah. <coughs> democratizing <coughs> textile design. That is exactly, for instance, what we are doing. We have a label to showcase what we do. We also said coming season, we throw our last 10 seasons, all make all the patterns downloadable, all our yeah. fact sheets and stuff. We don't need it. If young designers can use that to, to make less mistakes, let's go. And then use the platform to make your own textile. To bring back your DNA that you're not using something that somebody else already used. used. Mm -hmm. yeah. So it's really bringing back honesty, DNA, mm -hmm. and make less but better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like there's a lot of implications and benefits, especially to sustainability. I mean, you're talking about transparency, you're talking about, you know, creating more like timeless pieces that have more DNA and sentimental value. But then, of course, there's also like yeah, creating, cutting out steps, like you mentioned, but, uh, you know, the, what is, because the fabricant obviously has a very, uh, I wouldn't say extreme, but it's a bit further along, you do digital only, so mm -hmm. 
what is your stance on uh, sustainability and the impact that you're trying to kind of push for? Yeah, I think what Bora said, I completely agree. Like, it's not really a choice now. Like, we have to change. And we actually, um, like Jamie, one of our team, did like a sustainability report together with uh, Peak Performance, one of our clients. Um, and actually, like the difference, they like a difference between a physical um, T-shirt and a digital T-shirt. And like the difference is like 89% of carbon emissions is less with like a digital fashion piece. So it's like crazy, like how, what the difference is. Like the only thing, like what we always say at the fabricants, like we waste nothing but data because of course you need data to mm -hmm. make your digital fashion. So there's piece. still a footprint. To yeah. So you still have something, but like a difference of like 89% is like insane. So I feel like, yeah, it is a change and I would, I would be super, like, I am very curious also because, of course, we need clothing, like, we wear something, yeah. so, but it's, it's the, the, the main, a big problem is that all these big companies are used, like, they have their revenues and they get their revenues from selling physical products, so looking at the whole NFT world, I, I would be very, like, sort of, how can we translate that and, and show them that parts of that are also relevant in in the the metaverse like i think in the end like every garment made in real can also live in in an in a in a digital world and then it becomes an, an interesting business case too yeah for sure but i mean like you don't really you can still like sell your digital items like I mean, there's a hu huge market for like, yeah. skins and stuff in, in the video gaming industry. Mm -hmm. So how far do you think that is from? Because you've worked with influencers, I believe, yeah. in the past, where they can buy digital garments and then wear yeah. them, correct? Yeah, so we made like a digital shoe together with Buffalo. Um, and there we dressed like influencers. Um, yeah, so they wore it on like their Instagram. So it's like not just for us, like a boost, but also for Buffalo because they, they are selling the shoe, but just digital. You don't have it, mm -hmm. like it's a flaming shoe. It's a shoe on fire. Mm -hmm. Like it's something you would, could never buy, but you can wear it on your Instagram. Like it's a nice. new world. Yeah, wow. for all the people that it's, want to flex. The shoes of filling piece are piecing, pieces <laughs> on fire, right? So that's <laughs> like the... But not on fire. <laughs> <laughs> okay, nice. And what do you guys think is the role of 3D in the future of the fashion industry? Like, how do you see it evolve from here on out? Mm. Well, like for, for me, production-wise, I think it will will cut out a lot of the the, the sampling and give will give uh, um, it will open up the playing field. It will really democratize the possibility to to. If you have good ideas, you will pop out. So, but also it will cancel out a lot of people that now have access to something and actually don't really have good ideas. So mm. I think it will balance sort of the industry and, 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 and real talent will, will evolve. It's like the SoundCloud of, uh, of fashion. Well, yeah, well, I think that, that, that definitely there's room for that. And I think on the other hand, I think like the translation and, and the, um, the access to, to a sort of that metaverse where 
a lot of people are spending a lot of time, I think it will open up new revenue streams for a lot of brands. And I think um, that can also help in, in the idea of, well, making less but better in real time and, and finding other ways uh, to, to, well, show your brand to the world. Nice. And you? Yeah. So what you said, like some people think the fabricant is a bit extreme, but like our vision is kind of that you have like one like basic piece and that with, for example, AR, you can dress yourself digitally. So you have like one physical piece and then with like glasses or lenses or something with AR, you have like a jitsu outfit you're wearing. So I can see you in like something completely different. You can change it within a minute. So it's more like you can express yourself, like how you feel at that certain time. Like, I don't know if you're sad, you're wearing something different than when you feel like super powerful or something. And you can change it within like a second. Yeah, so I'm, it's still far away for mm -hmm. some people, but I feel like stuff is happening with AR already. Um, you can wear your shoes in AR. So we feel like that's in the future, maybe not the near future for now, but we think that's the end goal that people have more of like a digital identity next to like their physical one. Nice. And you, Vita? Yeah. Um, I think same as with Bora, um, it will cancel out a lot of the, a lot of the sampling steps a lot of transporting, uh, especially in production. Um, also a lot more because a lot of the designing will now uh, happen in-house at the brands themselves and they can experiment in-house with digital programs which gives a lot more freedom in experimentation. And I think that's also, uh, yeah, I think in the future it's going to change a lot. Interesting, nice. Um, I kind of want to go a bit more in the practical direction now. So, for example, people who are interested in, you know, getting into this space. Um, how did you get started with it? And what would be like the best way for someone who's not in this space to, to get into it? Well, I, I start like I, I did just design school. Uh, just I did design school. Um, several steps in that, but um, um, ended up at the Design Academy and I loved textiles. And actually the more I loved it, the more I was annoyed by it. So to, to be honest, I, and I'm, I work with a lot of schools and, and with a lot of interns and, and, and I would always, like what's the real reason that you want to go in? It's, a, it's sort of what, like, if you want to go into fashion, what's the real reason? And I think going it, it doesn't matter where you're from which school it's just like going to the places what you find interesting like step to 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 the fabricant or us or like i i think that is always sort of my advice to just really start a dialogue and and follow follow your way and, but i do always like now if i speak to a lot of people that start i always i, I do want to question all this like what the reason the real reason if it's not Especially with fashion, it's if it's not shine or like sort of mm -hmm. oh yeah, I want to build our own brand. It's like I would challenge them: Do you really want to build our own brand? Because um, lose from that, it's hard. Mm. It's, it's it's is it this time? So then I think 
especially in the 3D world or or material world or like how can you better or something in the supply chain that you can better there's so many interesting things going on nice what do you think um and on a practical level getting into digital design basically um you can learn a lot online so uh i had the luck that i could do a minor in my school to learn the first steps uh, to learn the basis of, uh, of digital design, especially Clo. But after that, it was just watching a, like a shitload of YouTube tutorials mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, just being eager to understand the programs. Because the better you understand the program, the more freedom you get. So, uh, yeah. Nice, and how and, was it? Oh, sorry. And of course, talking, like Boris had, talking to um, people that are already experienced in digital design to find motivation and see how it really works in the industry. So I think that's also quite important. Mm -hmm. And how did you experience like getting into 3D design in the first place? Did you take the more traditional way through you know, school or was it really like, okay, I'm going to YouTube my education and then go from there? Because I mean, that's the great thing about this is that it's becoming less and less so um, yeah, elite, if you will. Like anyone can basically go online and get started on learning it, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I had... I think just one class at school and that was it because it was they didn't really do it that much yet so um, I had one class and I was like oh this is like super interesting I want to know more and then yeah just YouTube and then I decided to do an internship in 3D next to my graduation um, yeah just to know more and like get to know people that work in the industry and like how they yeah, what their workflow is to get more like hands on because I feel if you start like teaching yourself things, it's kind of hard to see where you want to go and like what the path is you should follow. It's, I feel for me, it's easier. Uh, it was easier to do like an internship and to be in that product development process and see, okay, where is this beneficial and how like what steps should I take to get like to the final result and I have people like like mentoring me as well I mm -hmm. think that's super important to have like some kind of mentor showing you like where to go next or save you a lot of time because they've already made all the mistakes For sure. yeah <laughs> okay nice and I mean once you build up a certain level of knowledge um, like where do you go from there? I mean, just like with any technology, it's constantly improving, constantly evolving. How do you stay ahead of the curve? Is there like a premier vision for 3D, <laughs> like technology and stuff like that? Like what, how do you stay yeah, ahead of the curve? Well, for me, I, I don't like, I, I don't know how to animate, for example, and I don't know how to create the most realistic and sickest renders. So that's not, that's not something that I'm going to learn in this role. Like for me, the focus really is on how to better the production process and how to better those steps. And for me then teaching, uh, basically teaching this process is helping myself also a lot to understand uh, what can be done better because I, I'm looking at it on a really um, reflecting uh, way, in a really, really reflecting way. Okay. So, nice. and uh, there are a lot of online, for example, Clo also like almost every month has an update where you can where you get to where all the steps get explained on how they have improved and how you can improve. So they kind of help you. Nice. 
And how's it for you? Because I mean, you're building a, a platform, right? So for you, it's a bit... Well... <laughs> innovation is a little bit different for you because it's your, your own software, to, right? To, to be honest, I, I know what I can do, but I know better what I cannot do. Mm -hmm. um, so it's more being very honest, like, well, I, I, I can control my telephone. Well, that I manage, but actually, like, and I understand textile very well, but it is all about, in the end, like, if you start a business and, and that is rolling, it's, it's about team. It's about who do you work with or who do you collaborate with? Who, because every day I work in general, all the people that work with me are way better in what they do than I am. Mm -hmm. So it is getting those people around you. And, and we are building the company, so that, that's different. But you can do the same with your students, just over with your, with your uh, uh, fellow students. Or when you start yourself with the people around you. So it's just being very open. And I said, like, be, actually be super open source. Just give what you can give. And, then, and, and also say, like, well, I cannot do this. Who, who can help me? So that, for me, was always the, yeah, that's how, how I'm in it. And, and, and just really looking at, like, hey, I have a vision on where it can go. I have a vision that we can digitalize the textile process and, 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 and democratize responsible textiles. And I have a vision that I can bring all the big suppliers together. But it's in the end, like the people that are there next to me that get build it and that are, are getting those people also in, involved. And so it's very much, uh, an, yeah, and uh, collaboration instead of uh, well, instead of ego. And I feel like this is something way more normal in the in the digital uh, community and in the fashion community because in the digital in the digital community you have so many platforms and blogs where you can just ask questions and like 20, 30 to 30, 30 people reply on your question and help you. Mm -hmm. I think this is not like normally in the fashion industry is very everybody is very protective of their own process and everything. And I feel that the digital community is way more open and uh, people help each other a lot. So there's a lot of help on the internet. Nice. And how's it for the fabricant? Like, do you guys have a R&D team, for example, that just focuses on uh, 3D and digital innovation? Or do you have research partners? Uh, both, actually. Okay. Yeah, so um, we have different people like having their own specialization. Um, so, for example, you said like we have some people that are super good at animating stuff. Um, and like for me, for example, I work a lot in Clothe 3D, but then I feel like to be ahead of the game, like I want to learn more of these other software as well. So now I'm actually learning Blender and how to animate in Blender just to have more insights from like other aspects and just like this one software and you keep like super focused on that one software but there are so many possibilities with like other softwares mm -hmm. so i feel like it's always good to have like other insights but also like other people that already have that as a, like their specialization and like they can teach me but i can teach them on what we're working on on a daily basis okay yeah it sounds like collaboration is very yeah. key yeah. still yeah, for, I think uh, for us, like, uh, we're also trying to build, like, this community with, like, um, we do Twitch streams, for example, where we're, like, literally, like, designing online and people can follow and they can ask questions 
even if they're like in a different country, like we want to like involve them as much as possible so they can learn from us and then yeah, they ask us questions and maybe we don't even know the answer and then yeah, we start this new path and trying to get the answer ourselves. Yeah. So it's like it brings you new ideas to be collaborative. Nice. All right. I mean, do you have any like advice you would give someone who's just getting into it or maybe like tips and resources? I mean, you know, a link to the, <laughs> to the Twitch stream would be would be helpful. But it's nice uh, though. I think yeah, it's, it's cool. It's, it's something that doesn't like even if you like, well, you teach it at, at Amphi, like I think in, in it, and you see what has been happening in the last year. It's like all those conversations online of students, how competitive this it was always like in design schools. It's yeah. competitive, like you have to be the best and it's only the best that will survive and all oh, the industry is hard. And uh, like first thing I said, like, well, that's that's passe. Like it's not about competition. It's about working together. It's about collaboration. And, and I think that's the but that's a whole mindset change of, of, of the, the generations like that are now up and coming and, and, and sort of, I think, will that also understand that you cannot change by yourself. And they've seen that <laughs> the generations before them, they cannot make changes just by themselves. Mm -hmm. yeah. Nice. Interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe this is a good time to involve the audience a little bit. Do you guys have any questions? specifically for these guys. I do have one question for all of you guys. Um, what do you think of the possibilities of um, creating software for like AR and replacing size charts for web, for web shops? So customers will be able to uh, see specific items on your web shop and those sizes, like you can uh, use a camera and see it on yourself. Um, so that maybe it feels like a physical experience, so you can fit on the clothes, but digital. Oh, what do you guys think about possibilities? It sounds really good. Yeah, sounds yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. If like if it if it works correctly and works nicely, then it sounds really good to do. This is basically this is how I bought my sunglasses like a month ago because I I didn't even know that I was on a website and I was able to try the sunglasses on via my webcam, which is quite cool. And if this can be done with clothing as well, I think it will save a lot of transport costs as well and yeah. placing, ordering 10 t-shirts to, to, to buy one, I think that's... Uh, and do you mean you know, specifically like shopping from home or like a retail experience? Uh, no, shopping from home and then like specific products of their web shop, so it's like all um, related to those products. There's no t-shirts in general, but exact sizing of those items. So on your account page, for example, you would have your measurements uploaded and then based on that, you would see virtual. Yeah. Okay. Nice. I'm, I'm sure that's a big business and people are working on that <laughs> already. Um, but yeah, it's hard, I feel like. Well, at the moment that, that everybody has their own, if it's easier to 3D scan or your, if you have your sizes very well, like at least you can have brackets. I think it, it showed a little bit that it was too early to, to develop piece by piece just how this how the manufacturing world is set up at this po point so like for instance nike by you or or what the idea in the beginning was everybody makes their own shoe and they totally had to simplify it and actually bring that not to the customer but to shops so now all the pata they make their own shoes but 
but I think definitely that is where where it's going to to at least sort of how can I use it and I hope even to the point that like a lot of if you, if you go to Japan there's amazing shops where you walk in it's a second-hand shop and you walk in and you see literally the things that dropped a week before because the people bought it just for the picture so I think those industries like the Instagram industries showing things off will totally disappear the fitting pieces had the glasses also like sort of the filtering and, and you guys did the good filtering so I think there's a, a massive market for, for shopping but production wise like you see that for now like, it's it's very old it's very very old people have no clue where the industry is what they where stock is how it's produced how like it's still like but companies like Lectra are definitely working on these uh, ideas. It's nice though. Yeah. Nice. Anyone else? So, um, um, so it seems that you guys are like maybe striving for, uh, not maybe, but it's, it, I, what I hear is that you guys are like striving for uh, a more digital, you know, fashion like world you could say right yeah yeah so yes so digitalizing production and sampling and everything so my what I'm, where I'm trying to go is like um, how would you see it in the future then what what would you like to see like how, what would you like to see in like how would sampling would go and are we gonna are we, are we gonna lose a lot of couturers for instance is couture gonna change is a uh, are the are the skilled uh, clothing makers gonna be you know are we gonna lose them or something? Is is a lot of that gonna be digitalized or uh, how do you guys see it? Oh, yeah. Who wants to start? Well, I think uh, I don't think it's gonna disappear completely, but there it's gonna change. Like you will have different kind of couture. So I feel like if you have like your own digital garment, you can go crazy like you can do things you can't imagine having in like real life like physical um, like what we said the shoes are, are literally on fire like or like you can have like a, I don't know a dress or whatever like that is like couture but digital so I don't think like it, it it's definitely gonna change and yeah does that make sense? And, and okay, so what if this... I, I would disagree a little bit though. Oh. So maybe oh. I, before you ask another question. Yes. I, because the radio, people, when, when television came, people thought, ah, radio is like old, it's gonna disappear. When, when digital photography came, everybody was like, ah, analog, it's old. But you see that actually what happens is people specialized. So radio became a market like analog became a market polaroids became actually a thing so it's the good things stay Definitely. couture will not change couture is art but the thing is couture was like totally watered down by fast fashion because suddenly Doutze was on the billboard for H&M and the week before she was doing a couture show like as a customer, you were, were like, fuck, like, is it the same? So we, they were fucking with our minds in a sense. But 
I think in general, like a lot of things will be democratized. So access is a diff is will will change a lot. So digitalization will give the ability for anybody anywhere with access to really show their talent. And I think that was like oh, I had a I had a very interesting call with with a new colleague uh, of ours, and he's in uh, one of our our programmers and he's in Nigeria in La Laos La Lagos. Lagos. Lagos yeah and for him he said like well I only needed my computer to strive to become somebody that really is pushing the boundaries somewhere it's like I didn't have any access to schools or anything like that was like max that's what digitalization of fashion will also do it will really give anybody access and anybody that is good so for us also like making textile it's easier to start a bank nowadays and I mean a bank money bank with numbers than to make your own textile because there's no access of making your own textile that's exactly what where we've as, as company we're like well, how can we democratize that and how can we democratize the good things in that and 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 the honest things and the things that will that are like that are transparent and that we know where the fibers and stuff come from to really make a difference so i think uh, for me it's things will become better and and they will find their own way but to make it democratized or democratization is for me the, the main thing that i think is going to happen okay uh, can i add up to it go ahead yeah um, so, when we're talking about fast fashion, then don't you think that if this new eon then of uh, digital design, will, won't that maybe uh, add up to like fast fashion? Will that won't that be make it easier to make fast fashion for maybe a lot of the young people that are coming up now? Um, well, to me, fast fashion means doesn't necessarily yeah. It's a difficult question. I think, <laughs> no, it's, but it's good to think about. It's good to think about because, it, like, it's true. It's easier to uh, to make a garment with uh, through digital tools. It's faster. You can have your garment ready faster. You can sample it faster. So you skip a lot of steps. So, in that sense, it would help fast fashion to create the garments faster. But on the other hand, um, I don't know. That's a good question. So well, it's going to be like a yin-yang thing. Well, uh, well, it's well fast fashion, fast fashion is scaling. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's not about making a garment fast. They can, but it's about scaling. It's about scaling and making it cheap. True. So it's accessible. And if you democratize making your things, you're making also the transparency on what is it really. So I think what's going to happen is if the transparency is real, you, me, everybody will see how it is really made, how much resources they really used to get that one product out on the market and how much that one product is really worn. So what you already see is that fast fashion decreased the, the amount of respect, love, yeah. anything we had for fashion. It's gone. It's not worth anything. If you're in a second-hand store, you're not gonna buy the H&M thing, but you are gonna pay more for that LVMH, whatever, like, 
piece that you know it was sold out and you cannot get anymore. So it's all about, I think, a, a sort of the, the value that we give to it. And I believe that digitalization will actually give, and transparency will give value to pieces and also will devalue more and open up what is really happening in fast fashion where even the pieces that of the people that now buy it because they can only afford it will be addressed by their homies by themselves like oh shit but actually this is a bad thing to do so maybe there's another way so there will need to be new ways to 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 dress yourself like listening to music it's now we can have access there's there's spotify and stuff you pay a, a, a monthly subscription so we couldn't like none of us could afford a million records like if you would have the free record shop back in the days to buy new ones so that changed totally so i i believe that the moment that things like that change there will be services to have your base clothing and what you buy yourself will be something special because then the incentive for those services is not to make the piece cheaper and earn a bigger profit on the moment of sale but the incentive is to make the piece a higher quality because it needs to be worn as much as possible because they earn on the piece of the wearing so if that so actually you're changing the whole value proposition so i believe that digitalization and transparency will actually kill fast fashion and will give us back more respect for clothing and respect for 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 resources and also more understanding so that we can talk to each other when we see somebody in a fluorescent jacket that you're saying like nice though but you know that it's very bad to paint something fluorescent because there's shitloads of chemicals in it and if they don't react well yeah but this jacket is for on the boat and if i fall off the water super functional then so we start to understand why we do things and not just do because somebody was on a catwalk or a rapper was wearing it i think that for me would be sort of in short the answer <laughs> <laughs> Okay. We had another question uh, for yeah, the uh, To uh, reply on the first question of him. Uh, so there's already an app for shoes to put a 3D on yourself. Uh, and you bought your glass and palette, I think? No. Because they have the 3D as well, so you yeah. can do it to your laptop. But how much is the range to make it actually 3D to buy it as a customer? You mean with clothing? Well, I, I think it's difficult. Like if, if you're doing it the way he was, he was, he was saying, like having in your own size, like 3D scanning your own body and then actually simulating a garment on top of you is very difficult to do that online. I think there are a lot of steps to make that possible. Yeah. I think the bottleneck there is still the technology that the consumer has. I mean, if you have your smartphone, like your iPhone, the facial recognition makes that a lot easier. But when it comes to like, like not many people have a body scanner in their house where they could get accurate, you know, body scans that they can upload to a website. And I think once that changes and once it's more accessible, I would think it's the same with like uh, VR goggles and 
and those sort of uh, types of technology, like that's when it's going to get a bit further. But, yeah, yeah. but, but it comes more like scalable actually on Snapchat. You have the first developments of like full body scanners, and even if you go on digital platforms like DressX, you have also the possibility to buy and photocompose the garments on your body. And even they created a new app where you can like wear the clothes with your phone just. So this is the first step and this is a development. It took just one year from last year. So if we look into the next year, I think even there we have a lot of development process running, which is like a bright future for fashion, the digital world. Nice. Well, there you go. I think it's not that far away. <laughs> yeah. Very nice. Any, anyone else? Yeah, I have a question. Yeah. Um, how do you guys think the transparency will evolve in the upcoming years? Because, like Nitsi said earlier on, um, in the digital world it's kind of already normal to ask a question online and to get multiple, multiple replies. But I think it's kind of still missing in fashion and I'm kind of curious how you guys think it will evolve in the upcoming years. Well, I think it's also the younger generation that just sees it in another way. For example, with Full Circle, we, same as Bora, post our all our suppliers are online, all our uh, factories are online, the whole production process is online, so everything is visible for everyone. And also, if we, if, we make if we make mistakes or anything, or we do some things not the way they're supposed, to, they're supposed to be, we can do it better because we're still a very small company. But I, I, yeah, I think it's purely generation... Uh, generation focused and I think the younger generation generation is way more open and way more eager to share what they're learning and share what they're doing basically yeah I agree on that because like you see like the younger generation is sharing everything anyway like digitally like everyone's like sharing their whole life in vlogs or I don't know Instagram stories or whatever so what you say like the younger generation is very used to sharing um, so I think in fashion, that's just when this generation is like going into like these industries, they're just going to bring what they already know. So I think, yeah, it will just evolve like naturally. And also from a production side, for example, in Portugal, there are like multiple factories changing from a, changing from a business model where they really wanted to have very big clients to keep their company running to a business model where they maybe have one big client and really focus on trying to make, uh, yeah, trying to also support younger designers and younger students by, for example, uh, there's a factory in Portugal that covers the costs of a designer, but if they make a sale and the factory makes it, uh, makes it they earn 30% of your sale. But you don't have to deal with minimum order quantities or anything like that anymore because everything is just like done by the factory and they take the responsibility. Only if you make a sale, you start paying. So also there, I feel like there's a lot more uh, transparency and incl inclusivity uh, to keep like more people in the, well, yeah, to make it more accessible yeah. for people, people basically. Like does that, because I, I feel like- it's very, very difficult. Because like once you get to a certain size- well, We have to imagine that there's like nothing in this world that we use more than than clothing like like literally like we wake up in our or like a textile in general like and these industries are so big and it's not for nothing that it's all closed because well behind closed doors you can hide a lot so we do a lot we do everything 
and every step as transparent as we, as we can do. I had a call with uh, WWF, so Wereld Natuurfonds, but mm -hmm. like the, uh, the other day, and actually they are helping and trying to help big, big fashion companies and, and industries to better their factories. They're actually trying to like sort of um, even fund these things to say like, well, we try to save the world, but it's not working. So now we really have to see how we can invest in the companies that are fucking up the world the other way around. So, and, and these companies are all built on their marketing systems, on their costs, on their, in that old world. So for them to change how, or open up how they've done production, it's, it's very hard. So I do think, it has to come from, from partly the industry itself that is behind it to start to open up, to like be more transparent, to be more on the front stages, to show solutions that work and also cost structures that are still okay. Because the fashion industry is very much built on, on exploiting and, 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 and squeezing and somebody's paying for it or it's people or it's mother nature. So every time we buy something, we think like, well, it's pretty expensive or like, wow, I go cheaper and stuff like, well, somebody else is paying for it. And I, I think there it's, it is. So on the one hand, the industry, but on the other hand, like it's education on how we buy our clothing, the questions that we ask. And then the designers, up to the designers to facilitate as much information as they have. So it is a very, like, it's a very difficult thing. Every, like, been in it so many things. Every time you open something, it's a Pandora's box. It's like, oh, fuck, this, okay, what, what's, what's up next? Oh, shit. It's like, and you go back to the fibers and then it's like, okay, what is really sustainability? It is not using one good yarn and put your spotlight on it and say like, we used yeah. recycled cherry, polyester. Cherry yeah. it's, mm. it, that's greenwashing, that's, that's spotlight marketing. It's, so it is up to like companies to start to really open up and, 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 and really show um, different solutions, how it also can happen. But for sure, like, it is the main, main, main thing that everybody's talking about. The solution is a bit more difficult. We can always use our platform though. <laughs> now, how do you then, for example, feel, because we are trying to uh, develop a 100% recycled yarn. There are some companies that already has, uh, like, have the first step in doing that, but then there's an H&M and a Zara that buy an that buy exclusivity Wow. Exclusivity. Exclusivity on that yarn for like 48 million, which makes it impossible for other brands to use it. Well, yeah, but that, that's the, the funny thing. Like big brands, they, they, they try to claim responsibility yeah. and sustainability. That's fucked up because you do it like for your own profit. So it's, it's, it's the reversed. So mm -hmm. like the, that's things that we as, as consumers need to understand. Um, and it, the thing is, recycle, like to recycle is a first step, but it's still cleaning up other people's mess. Mm -hmm. The next step, like it's, what would be the next step? What is the 
renewable yarn and how much of that renewable yarn are we able to renew so i don't there's never one solution we tried that in food in the world like to to make one thing that is the best well it doesn't work there's not one thing it is really understanding what is possible where and how much can we have of that and how much will grow back so it's very much on well, this word, word I will like trip over Le legislation, like <laughs> lawmaking. <laughs> I will trip over that word. But it's 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 the question of, of like what what do laws sort of how can we put laws in certain moments like that we cannot just import that it is not interesting anymore to get everything from the Far East. So and I, what I believe and what I really hope for and what we can. What I want to do, to, 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 at least with the platform and all the people we're working with, is that we will get new certifications in, in, in countries or, or in, in, uh, in, um, like in Europe or in the States that we say, what can we really build here? What can we grow here? How can we make the yarns here? How can we uh, translate it into garments here? And how can we sell it here? So to make it interesting and not because we don't want to sell it to other people, but there's other things somewhere else that work very well there. So to balance it out. So like localizing it will yeah, localizing also make on it more scale. transparent. Okay. So I, I think there is, there is a lot of possibilities and to also like really put laws on that. Like it is not about everybody's jumping on recycling, but it's not like what we recycle. Yes, let's clean up the shit of all the people that made the shit before, but it's also what is the next step? What is the fiber that is going to grow again? That, I think that is the search also that we have to make. And, and, and then also sort of, and how much do we really need? That's the other mm. question. All right. Yeah, I think those some good questions, some good answers. Um, I think we could have endless hours of more discussion on topics like this. They're big topics. With but some food, yeah. some beer, <laughs> pizza. Uh, but yeah, I think we'll wrap it here. Uh, thank you very much for coming. It was a very interesting and insightful uh, session. And uh, till next time. Thank Thanks. you very much. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you too. <laughs>